0: and welcome to a brand new episode of Eat, Sleep, List. You're home for list making right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, and welcome. We are in the heart of things for season three of this show, and uh, man, I'm delighted. I'm super excited today. Today's a very uh, momentous occasion, a rekindling of a friendship with uh, somebody I haven't spoken to in two years too long. Uh, everybody, please welcome back! Oh, welcome to the show. The uh, the creator of the Push Start Media Network, as well as uh, C Ham. C C-ham, Champions must die, but I, I always get the C Ham part because that's kind of his name.
1: Do your thing, buddy. Well, he did such an excellent job bringing me in, but I'm gonna have to bring a little mustard with it. What's up, everybody? It's your boy C Ham. You already know you can't can't spell champion without it. Coming live. From the Wall of Champions, you can't see it behind me because there's so much going on. Because I had a yard sale two weeks ago, but uh yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. First time on the show, so I'm here to bring the thunder. It is good. Yeah, I missed that. I missed that.
0: It is good to see you, my friend. It is fantastic to see you. I appreciate it, man. It's good to see you as well. Oh man, we got we got a lot of talked about today. All right, so uh, well, first and foremost. Show your stuff. What do you got going on? What's, uh, where can people find you and your merchandise? we got to get that out of the way right now.
1: Sweet. I love that. Well, me personally, um, like you said, my brain is called Champions Must Die. It's very obvious on the nose because my name is C. And It's not you know just something that I say for fun, but it's a simple fact that you can't spell champion without C. Hammond. You really so, can't. Um, what I do is bleach dye and tie dye and, for example, one of the shirts that I wear. And I do um, vinyl pressing and things like that. But also the bulk of my work and the most important thing that I do as far as content creation is obviously podcasting. And we run the Pushstar Media Network, pushstarmedianetwork.com, pushstarmedianetwork.com, You guessed it, com. <laughs> but um, you can find us on Samsung Podcasts and all the other podcasts where you find your podcasts, iTunes. And, you know, wherever you like to consume your castings. you know, but uh, that's really it. Okay. No, very good.
0: Very good. Uh, So make sure you go check him out. Uh, We're going to get a little to know a little bit about C-Ham right now, uh, as we do with every first-time guest on the show. Why don't you tell us five quick, I mean, you already listed pretty much two, but five quick cool facts uh, about yourself.
1: All right, sweet. Well, it's kind of obvious why everything is about champions, because as you'll see with our list, I'm a huge wrestling fan. So that's probably one of the first things you'll notice about me. If you look at anything on my social media, Uh, would you see him at by that, by the way, Uh, (laughs) Google it, Google it. (laughs) I love, I love wrestling, been a long time wrestling fan since I was probably about four or five years old. So pretty much everything that I do relates to that in some way. Uh, Other than that, I'm a dad. Uh, I got some beautiful children. They're hilarious. If you don't have kids, um, and you're interested in having some? They're the funniest <laughs> little people you'll ever meet in your life, and uh, you know it's a cool experience to have for sure. Uh, let's see, that's two, uh, three. I love collecting Funkos. Um, that's probably a side hobby that people don't know about me. Um, but I have that's probably about I probably have about a six thousand dollar collection at this point now. I I I would very much like to see that wall. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of <laughs> disgusting now. It's <laughs> like right now, it's like. Half of it's downstairs hanging up like on shelves and things in the living room. And then the other half is on like a shelf you see when you go to, you know, like Hot Topic or something like that. And it's just every side you can think of has a fucking Funko on it. But (laughs) uh, other than that, um, I love video gaming. That's the bulk of what we podcast about. The Push Start podcast is our flagship show. Uh, It's all about video games and not just, you know, the current happenings in video games. We mostly talk about video games of the past and reminisce on things that we love from when we were children as video gamers. Right. And then outside of that, just this year, uh, well, this past year, I started my own business creating my own clothes. It's the funniest thing I ever did because if you would have told me a year ago that I could make shirts and it would pay my bills, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. No. <laughs> Impossible. How can that happen? Yeah. But So it's a cool thing. And so if you're out there and you have something that you want to do and something you want to pursue as a business, don't be scared. Yo, don't be shook. Get your feet out there and try it. Cause I'm telling you, Matt and I both are living proof that something that started as a hobby can turn into a lucrative business if you really focus on it. So.
0: Absolutely. My friend, you ain't kidding. You know, I, we've, we've had many talks in the past about, you know, just want to be something more than just a day job. Right. You know, and I'm just I'm glad because you've always been one of the, the not one of you always been the most artistically creative person I've ever met in my life, and I'm just glad. You I'm know, just, we, we had a lot of talks back in the day. Some former uh, occupations you had about how you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I won't go too. I won't say everything that you said, uh, but um, <laughs> but I I'm
1: think, just I'm just I glad think to everybody see you. can understand the atmosphere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I think they get the gist of it, but yes, 100 um, percent you know just uh just to see you doing that is it it makes me happy buddy so um i appreciate it very good very good all right there's your little get to know on c ham uh so we picked a uh excuse me christian picked a list our top 10 favorite pro wrestling championship belts Mm -hmm. all right um obviously you did say you love pro wrestling what is it about the championship belt that made you want to make
1: a top 10 list today um well you guys can't see it from the angle at which i'm sitting but. uh... directly to my right here if you ever watch me uh stream on twitch um my area is called the champions corner because literally my wall is draped just like matt's wall back there has uh jerseys on it my wall has freaking wrestling belts on it that's like one of my favorite things ever and when i was a kid coming from like a big family where we have multiple siblings and you don't always get to get the things that you want. I always wanted like championship belts as a kid and it was one of those things that I could never really get. So like when I became an adult, I was like, "You know what? I'm making my own money. I'm a grown up. I'm going to buy every championship belt that I see." So like <laughs> maybe like 5 <laughs> years ago I started like just rebuying titles that maybe I always wanted or always enjoyed as a child and it was just something that was like always cool that was within me that really show you how important and prestigious wrestling was. Cause I always felt like wrestling is prestigious. A lot of people like talk smack and talk down on wrestling, but yeah. like I don't appreciate that. Cause like, I feel like it's one of the most beautiful art forms and one of the most uh, underappreciated as far as from an athlete standpoint, uh, presentations that there is in the world. So no, nope. because there's no off season. There ain't no off season. If you're a wrestler, you wrestling all year.
0: That's true, man. That those, yeah. I, I, I don't. And I, I mean, I, I had my time, and I did my my road schedule is not nearly as crazy as uh as some of the guys on TV. But it's you're right. There is no off season. It is hard work, and there is a lot of prestige that comes with being recognized as the champion. You yep. know, it's from a popularity standpoint to a uh, a financial standpoint.
1: So absolutely, it's a huge, huge, huge endorsement. When they put that title on you, it endorses you as the person that they feel can put the asses in the seats. So I always feel like that's so important to put a focus on who the person is carrying those titles.
0: I agree. A hundred percent agree. So let's get this top 10 list underway. Let's go, uh, CM, you want to kick us off with your number 10?
1: I'll go with number 10. All right. Number 10 is one that's probably widely recognized for people that, uh, watched in the stone cold rock triple H era post Shawn Michaels, you know, after he had that injury, but, um, the global WWE title. Oh, yeah. cylinder the circular, perfectly symmetrical, eagle around with the earth in the middle. I felt like that was, um, I felt like it was definitely a representation of, from a company standpoint, that they're in a new timeframe. Let everybody know visually that, hey, I know what you were used to seeing in the previous product, but now we're into something new. We have new young guys that are, bringing, you know, the product forward in a way that it hasn't been done before. So I felt like the representation of that belt and the feuds that these mofos had with each other between like the Rock and Stone Cold and, you know, especially the A lot the of great Rock matches. Cold. Oh, yeah. Tons, tons of great matches. And Triple H and people that know me from a wrestling standpoint know I loathe Triple H from <laughs> uh in-ring performer standpoint. But I can never knock on what he is from a business and a mind standpoint of the game. He's the one of the most intelligent people ever. And without his um, contribution during that time period with that title as well, I don't think it would have been as entertaining as it was.
0: No, I certainly agree, man. That era was, I mean, it was just glorious. That era made a lot of people at our, our generation, I think wrestling fans, right. We love the, uh, we love, we love the wrestling content. We love the zany backstage skits. Yep. Uh, you know, whatever the promos like that era was like peak. Like even when wrestling gets tough for me to watch now, I can always go back and find something that makes me smile and remind myself why I love pro wrestling from that generation. And I really, I'm really glad you brought that one up for your number 10. Um, yeah, a lot of great champions held that one. A lot of great ones. It just... And you, I like how we do We're doing this too. You said, we can you know, do multiple iterations of the belt and, yep. and for this era specifically, I mean, you just identify with the Kurt angles and and like you said, stone colds, rocks, triple yeah, H, all absolutely. that
1: Kurt angle. I couldn't, can't forget to mention Kurt angle. <laughs> He's someone who shouldn't even have been there, but, uh, yeah. when he got there, he made himself very present and I loved every minute of it.
0: No, he, he, uh, he most certainly did man. Kurt, Kurt rose up real quick. He was, uh, He was a he was a fun watch. It it's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, uh, (laughs) All right, moving on. My number ten. What do you got? Uh, My number ten. I'm going to go a little bit uh, a little bit old school here. Uh, I like the old AWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, its era was between, I think it was like the 70s, but AWA folded officially in the night in early 1990s. I believe 1990 to be exact. But it just has this classic wrestling belt look that, you know, where it, it looked old. It looked, I mean, it looked old for what? its time period by the time AWA closed, but it just had this very vintage, uh, gold, you know, look for M- many like great set. We all loved right. Watching yep. in the early days of WF, they, they had runs in AWA. It and, did. and you know, t- title runs like Rick Martel is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, uh, you know he he had a run as AWA AWA heavyweight champion, and he never got that singles run in the WWE. But AWA, a lot of people don't. You know, some people don't know, but AWA was like the the last like, but like before WCW. I mean, WCW was around, but AWA is like one of those last like kind of holds out holdouts before Vince yeah. McMahon game the business essentially.
1: <laughs> You're just like I'm snatching up all this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> give, me, give me your wrestlers. Like it, I I mean I think. I think Chunkyard Dog and, and and a lot of those guys, maybe even Roddy Piper, came from the AWA, if I'm not mistaken. But a, a lot of those kind of like upper, those mid card talents from the from the '80s and and uh, throughout the '80s, pretty much, they all came from the AWA.
1: True, and, it was like a it was like a breeding ground for like the future future uh, upper echelon mid card mid carders of WWE. For sure, I think Hogan got a start. Well, not a start, but his first big televised.
0: Um, I think Hogan was started off in the AWA, if I'm not mistaken, that was his first big, big opportunity, um, before he really got big. But, um, but yeah, so I had a list of the AWA from a style perspective, from a history perspective, it was yeah. just really cool to see these guys who, um, like you said, you, you'd always want to see as champion back in the day, uh, you know, b- back in the early days of the, of the, 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 golden era of wrestling and from the WF perspective, uh, see them as champions and, in the AWA, which was still a prestigious uh, organization until it just until all his
1: talent got poached. So oh.
0: <laughs> give me those guys. <laughs> you got to be quicker than that.
1: <laughs> Dude, I agree with you. I know exactly what you mean. There's a level of prestige with certain titles and and, and AWA is one of those that definitely holds true.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was good until like. 60-year-old Vern Gagne kept putting the belt on himself, but uh, I, I think it was all downhill once that started happening. And, and, but, you know, but, but yeah, when you have the mix of the talent, it's, it's, it's cool. Despite it being a defunct title now, it, it's, it, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool
1: in my book. Pretty cool in my book. I'd agree. All right, oh, your number nine. You want, I can go with my number nine. Yes, sir. Uh, and I, I didn't really have they don't really have a technical name for it other than the undisputed title, but I like to call it the Brock Lesnar belt. Mm-hmm. Like, cause that's the first person I think of when um, I think of that belt, but also somebody that I think a lot of people forget. And this is one of his only title reigns as heavyweight champion, but Eddie Guerrero rest in yes. peace. Eddie Guerrero is one of my favorite wrestlers because, well, let's just get it out of the way. I love technical wrestlers. Like that's, that's why I'm so critical of like guys like Triple H because I don't like brawlers like right. that. I don't like brawlers. I don't like brawling without reason. I felt like he brawled a little too much, but I like really technical wrestlers. And uh, I always felt like Eddie Guerrero was one of those guys that were the pinnacle, in my opinion, of. Technique and style when it came to being An in-ring performer But the thing that was so crazy to me For how larger than life his character was He was so shy and he was so so coy He didn't want to be the face of the company So I felt like that's another reason That made that belt stand out for me Because it was so obviously harsh looking From the, you know, the appearance of it Because as I said That's why I call it the Brock Lesnar belt That's known <laughs> when Brock Lesnar Was just tearing everybody apart when he was the champion with that title, and uh, who can forget that match with him and Kurt Angle? You know.
0: Oh God!
1: And, when it turned into that belt, you know. So it's like yeah. that was ah man. Whenever I see that, I think of Kurt. I think of Brock Lesnar, but I also think of Eddie Guerrero. So that's why I had to bring the undisputed title in there.
0: No, I I think again another fantastic one. I do have that one. It's it's a lot. It's 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 higher up on my list, um, and I'll give my reasons more so for it. But you know, I, I grew up with with. When I, you know, growing up, when I came back into wrestling in like 2003, yep, uh, I was a SmackDown guy because the the time frame was a lot easier to watch. I think it was like eight to ten mm-hmm. on UPN. UPN, UPN. Mm-hmm. That, those were the days, and it was just easier to watch. Like Monday Night Raw was a little bit more challenging for me to get for me to get to, but I can go sit in the basement on a Thursday night and watch SmackDown, no problem. So I I'd identify that was like my belt back in the SmackDown day.
1: belt. Yep. yep, it was. ABL and- was another great title holder for that that championship so um I don't know man that belt just always stands out to me it looks like no other WWE title I feel like they were trying to make it look so aggressive and I think they succeeded because like literally no other title looks like that everything looks so so much more dainty and pristine and more beautiful in comparison to that title oh I, I
0: agree it had like an, a touch of old school in, in yeah. a way and a yeah. touch of hey you know this is like it's a, it's honoring our history, like it has like a, a like eighties like seventies and eighties vibes, but it also has a little bit of a modern touch to it. I like the gold tint on that belt belt as well. It was like it was just just right. It was just agreed. Right. All right, very good. Number nine. My number nine. Oh man, he might he might bust my balls a
1: little bit for this one. I yeah. loved the spinner title. <laughs> I knew, yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. Okay, I'm so glad that you brought that up because. I don't love the belt as much as I love the people attached to it. So, go ahead. All right. No, I that's a
0: very good point and there were a lot of great champions involved in it. When when that when the belt first came out, all right, mm-hmm. I was all for it. Mm-hmm. In a couple of years, like afterward, I was kind of like, eh. but you know, but the the fact that we had a spinner like the the logo spun in the middle, uh yeah. it's big gold, it had this new it had this like edge to it. It had this—I uh, mean, well, Edge didn't win it, edge, but edge, uh, <laughs> it, <too. laughs> uh, it, it had a certain edge to it. It's like, okay, this is the—we're—we're the, we're moving past ruthless regression era. This is the, uh, this is the, this is the PG era. This is our belt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but you are right. I mean, the number of t- the people
1: who held that title was just—you know—it it, the the it, CM Punk for me is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and that's like that's the only belt he really ever held, and like. That was he was literally at at a point in time the only reason why I was watching wrestling. So as long as as he held that title, I was watching.
0: Right, and 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 he made it look cool. He hated. He used to rip on it too when he was cutting promos against Cena. I'm gonna win that belt. I'm gonna get rid of that stupid thing.
1: (laughs) It looked great on him though. It It looked great on him. It did. Like I think the fact that it was so much bigger than the normal title and he was such a small guy it fits so much better. Like on his torso, it just looked right. I don't know.
0: Right. Cause you, I mean,
1: you like the big,
0: the, the, the big belts. It just, it's just, it's, it's very aesthetically pleasing. And I think one of my favorite images of all time is after he beat Cena for it at, I think it was money in the bank. Mm-hmm. And it was in Chicago. He, he's holding the belt up and he's smiling at somebody. It was probably Vince McMahon. Uh, but it was one of those things. that's like, okay, you know, things are about to change a little bit here and and, and they did. They oh. did, man. The CM Punk's run was my 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 favorite one.
1: I'm so but glad that he's back to wrestling.
0: You and me both. That blew my, blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. But, uh, yeah, I had to acknowledge that one. Uh, I do have another spinner title on, and that's a little bit up higher, too. But I had to acknowledge the OG. Well, not the OG, but the WWE title uh, s- spinner belt for what it was because it was pretty cool. And uh, so, yes, yeah,
1: so that's my number nine. What do you got for number eight? All right, number eight, I'm going to go a little bit left here. And it's going to be like a, it's kind of a, if you weren't there, you won't appreciate it kind of a title. Okay. And it's from a period where, again, I go through these periods with WWE specifically, where I just can't watch the product. So I search and I claw and I grab for other things to cling on to, to watch, to entertain me. And for a period of time, I watched an independent show called lucha underground okay that was one of my favorite experiences with wrestling and i think it was because the timing of me just being tired of wwe giving us a poopy product and me just wanting to see something that i'd never seen before and that's exactly what that show was like lucha underground they weaved in the aesthetic of like you know uh fantastic and you know mystical and you know things like that where it's like you wouldn't believe it if you're just like there seeing the product. You have to watch it from a standpoint of seeing it on TV. It's like, it's meant to be a cinematic experience.
0: Yeah, they did a very good job. Their presentation was always very, it was very, very unique, very
1: wonderful. So I'm glad you brought this show up. Super unique. And one thing that was the most unique about it was a title they had called the Gift of the Gods Championship. Now, the reason that made it so unique was it, Essentially was like the money in the bank for WWE, but there was so much more that went with it because they had medallions that went on each portion of the title. So the title wouldn't be complete until everybody go, they, they go through this uh, tournament of matches where everybody has to win one of these medallions to put within the title. And then that title forms into one belt that has all the medallions on it. And it's the Gift of the Gods Championship. And you can cash that in to fight the Lucha Underground Heavyweight Champion. Okay. But it always, they basically had a pay-per-view surrounding that title because they did, you know, like seven matches in order to get the medallions to make the belt its complete thing. So you would hold the Gift of the Gods title as long as you wanted until you wanted to cash in, essentially. So I thought that was really, really unique. And the way it looked... It, it straight up looks like something from Mortal Kombat. Like, it doesn't look like a... You would never see it on a traditional mainstream wrestling show, ever. And that's why I love I love that about it. It was such Oh, a, my
0: God. It, it's yeah. so
1: crazy looking. It literally looks like something you'll see in, like, a uh, fighting video game. But it has that lore and that phantasm to it because they push that envelope and that cinematic experience with that show. So they had to have titles that met the the kind of aesthetic they were going for and i think they did a good job
0: i'd say so i mean i i wouldn't even want to cash this thing in <laughs> that's
1: what i'm saying like i would love to keep that belt i would just be the gift of the guys champion the whole year and just be like messing with the heavyweight champion all the time and be like yeah i'm a cash in and just never cash in just bluff all the time <laughs> i w- yeah i would love to be caught in airport security with that belt that is
0: oh so uh, sick that is for sure Oh, that's a great choice. I see. I'm glad we're we're doing this. I think you know some of our listeners, maybe uh, you know, just casual pro wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. It's it's always cool to hear about these other companies, you know, in, in these belts. Some people are always wary about trying trying new things when it comes to, to wrestling promotions. So, and, and that's one. I, I, I'm ashamed that I've never seen it before, but I'm glad I learned about it
1: today because that thing is uh, dude is crazy. I'm super I'm super adventurous when it comes to wrestling. Like, I will never like I will, I will watch. The promotion at least once. If someone's like, "Hey, watch this," and I'm like, "All right, I'll check it out. I'll check out one episode of it. If that one episode pulls me, I can't deny it. Like wrestling is wrestling. If it's good, it's good. It doesn't right. matter like who's performing it. If it's good, it's good." So that's what I felt like Lucha Underground was.
0: No, I love it. I love it. Great choice. That was our number eight, correct? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Very good. No, that's a cool. You one. Got? That's a cool one. My number eight. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh I'm going to go to a to a to the the land of the rising sun all right I'm going to go uh because it's visually beautiful and mm-hmm. because the list of people who have held it are you know it's this IWGP heavyweight championship uh I'm so was, glad you brought that up <laughs> it was just retired on March 4 2021 but i mean just look w- the thing that captures my attention just how it almost looks like a UFC belt in a way but just It'll way better Detailed, like there's more to it like they actually tried to make it this thing look really cool Um, yeah
1: i think it's the mix of the gold and silver um it's being used in a unique way to make each other pop like the way they're they uh distribute it it's not like overused in one area and like underused in others it's like balanced very symmetrically and i'm glad you brought that up that's actually one of the ones on my on my list as well a little bit higher up but okay I'm, i'm a huge uh indie guy like i love the indie wrestling scene and if you are an indie guy you gotta love you gotta love some new japan pro wrestling
0: you have to i mean japan's wow. the the like when i during my 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 small time in pro wrestling everybody i talked to wanted to go to japan they yes. wanted to get booked in japan that was a dream of theirs go uh you know, go to the, what's it, the, the one steak place that, over in there. You know, oh, Ribera Steakhouse and get a jacket. That was like their big thing because they seen like Ric Flair and fan bait and all these people do it. That was their goal, just to go wrestle in Japan. Legendary,
1: and,
0: you know, Absolutely legendary. And Japan has a fun way. Uh I love the crowds in Japan. Yes. They, they, they respect the art style of, of pro, pro wrestling. You I'm know, so
1: glad there. you said that art style because... In Japan, it uh, wrestling isn't like um, a, a theatrical thing like it is in America. It's like a sport. It's like on the front page of their like sports newspaper and oh, things yeah. like that. So like it's a big deal over there. They they treat wrestlers with a level of prestige that we would treat football players and NBA players if we saw them on the street. So like it's. I think, I think it has a lot to go with the system that they come up through and the way the level of training is so much different than the, the Americanized way. Cause they do it like a dojo system, almost like you're learning a martial art instead of learning how to wrestle. Right. Kind of thing. So like you're earning, you're earning everything that you're learning kind of thing. So it's, it, oh, yeah. I, they, I can see why they the get whipped up. Yeah. I can see why the fans treat it the way they do. <laughs>
0: It's, uh, no, it's, I mean, it's a, I mean, just looking at some of the names that have held this specific belt, right. Uh, yeah. Shinsuke Okada. Sh- Okada, Shinsuke Nakamura, who we all, you know, love and cherish, uh, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Omega, you know, it's AJ styles and, and so many of the, these, these, you know, Japanese wrestlers that people want to come here. They want to see them come to America to just to watch them wrestle. It's, uh, it, it's like, it's got a really cool lore. It 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 really does. I mean, the 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 title the the title as IWGP Heavyweight Title uh, or champion goes all the way back to eighty seven with like I mean Antonio Anoki. like that's oh my like
1: got Savage. I <laughs> and, love Antonio Inoki.
0: Enoki's a legend, and uh, you know there's just so many other legends who've, who've won it. In, you know since that time, but yeah this this specific belt design they're they're more modern belt design. I thought it was my favorite one. It, it has the like like we talked about aesthetically pleasing. It's it's got one of the it's got a classic look to it, but also mm-hmm. a, a modern with a modern twist. I think it might be I, the best
1: way to describe it. So, so that is my number eight. I like that. I right, my number seven. It's another interesting one, but it's a, a lot more mainstream because it's from WWE. But it's more so specific to a wrestler that I love, and I think it came at an appropriate time where. A lot of people have written this character off, especially because he had taken such a long period out of the ring. And uh, anybody that knows me, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time yes. is Daniel Bryan. I do it, and uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do a list of top ten titles without talking about the Planet's Championship, <laughs> the eco-friendly title. Yes, made from, <laughs> made from burlap. No leather, you know, oak tree, all of that, you know, made from all the natural encoutrements of the earth. Uh, And the best part about it was Daniel Bryan as a heel. Most of, if not all of his title reigns, significant ones were as a face. Yes. And I personally being like, you know, a really, really long time, like 15 year plus Daniel Bryan lover back to when he was the American dragon, Brian Danielson. I love him as a heel because he's so, he's so snarky. It's like, if you're not paying enough attention, you won't get that. He's being an a-hole. Yeah. So I love it. I'm
0: better than you mentality. That's the way he did
1: it. Yeah. And I love that. It was like, yes, I'm doing this because I'm saving the earth. Screw what (laughs) you're talking about. This is for the earth. And also I'm the champion. So everything about that title reign to me, especially at a time where I felt WWE was getting a little bit stale because we had started to see the same feuds over and over again. And I was just like, I need to see something. And then, boom, surprise, Daniel Bryan as a heel saving the day. I was like, yes, this title is amazing. And the color scheme is pretty freaking sweet looking.
0: It's very, if I was to get a modern replica belt, that would probably be the one
1: that yeah. I would get. Like, like, like within the, a
0: belt that's come out within the last five years, that would probably be the one. Yeah, you, I'm, you,
1: not, I'm not a huge fan of the straight, like symmetrical W. I, I don't like those belts. And this is the only one that I like. No, first, sure. For sure. I mean, that, that was a fun run.
0: I, it, it, you know, it put like, <laughs> I like how, you know, this guy who's doing it for, you know, for planet Earth and he's a vegan and all this stuff was like vilified as a pro wrestling villain. Only in pro wrestling could that ever happen. It was, well, they, it was so well. It was so well written. And honestly, we we got an amazing moment out of that title run, which was him. Uh, you know, uh, I think well at that point, expectedly, but a couple months prior, unexpectedly, uh, you know, putting over Kofi Kingston for that title at WrestleMania, yeah. like, oh my god,
1: amazing moment. Yeah, he, he it was it was I never so, expect. I I definitely didn't expect that. No, I didn't see that coming from a mile away. And I always harp on WWE for being very predictable at times, and that was one of those moments where I was like, whoa, all right, I can get behind this.
0: For sure. And then they, 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 fuck. then, you know, cluster. <laughs> then, then they it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> naturally, just like they did Bianca Belair, Belair the other night too. Um, <laughs> That's no, true. for sure. The head belt. Yeah, that was uh love the hemp belt, man. I, love I, the hemp I belt. I'll the backwood belt. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'm so glad you brought that one up. Uh, all right. My number seven, this is where I'm going to place the Winged Eagle Championship that was early 90s, nice. uh, early 90s, all the way up until I think Stone Cold when Stone Cold won. It, I think they switched it over maybe a couple of years after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think it was when The Rock won it. I think they switched it over. I, I could be mistaken. But, you know, the the the, the what do they call it? the new era? Uh, it was this post Hulk Hogan era, even though Hulk Hogan did hold the belt. You know, we've seen a shift in, in the kind of wrestlers, the kind of people that were being viewed as champions, yep. uh, the, the the size, right? Shawn Michaels, the guy Bret who, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, guys who were uh, some of the best technical wrestlers, you know, Bret Hart being the, one of the best technical wrestlers of all time, Shawn mm-hmm. being a fun high flyer and one of the greatest showmen of all time. You know, these guys wouldn't have been deemed, you know, too small. You're not, you don't fit the bill exactly. back in the early days of pro wrestling, or at least in the 80s. And uh, this was a a, a seismic shift. And, and, you know, people of all shapes and sizes won it. Yokozuna, who I think, you know, had a very underrated run as champion. Love
1: Yoko. Dominant uh, run as champion. Does, doesn't get enough mention.
0: No. Did you see that documentary of him?
1: Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. That's what made me think about it. It's like, oh, man. What a was, pillar to the wrestling community.
0: No, he for sure was. I, I loved watching Yoko go. That dude can... For a big man over 500 pounds, that dude could fly yep. around like somebody 200 pounds less than him. 200, 300 pounds less than him. Uh, true. You got Yoko, uh, Psycho Sid, Undertaker, and, and a lot of these guys who were holding down the fort back then. Once Kevin Nash, once Scott Hall, once Hogan, when Macho Man, when all these guys left, mm-hmm. these guys are holding down the fort. And this is, our, this is our era. Well, Diesel did have it too, but... Um, but, yeah there's some just uh, the wing eagle belt looked pretty cool yeah, i think it fit that that early to you know mid 90s kind of era pretty well and yeah. uh it, it's definitely you know it's 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 one of those it, it's definitely one of the more po- definitely one of the more popular ones what well, well, i think when looking back some of those it's days, it's in
1: my top three belts all the time okay good
0: that is good to know that i actually had you know but good mindset great black great mindset to like but um,
1: <laughs> when I see that belt, I think Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels is one of my favorite uh, champions all time. Period. Yeah, yeah. Every
0: Yeah, he he wore he he was he defined that belt. He defined that belt in that era. It's just uh, you, know, sure. y- y- you think of like the old like Monday Night Raw setup. Like I think of that era. Yes. Um, yes. The old Absolutely. in your house setup, the King of the Ring, like all like the, the cool like. With the, 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 Ico
1: the Pro signs yes. hanging up. <laughs>
0: that's that's what that. I mean, that, I, I mean that's a lot. An aspect a lot of people don't look at is that those belts define you know those errors and everything.
1: The ambiance, you know, the, the, is the music, your thing. You're right. It's all it all encapsulates with one another.
0: It sure does.
1: So Wayne Dago, that Great. is my number seven. All right. So my number six. We're gonna go a little bit uh back to the indie world, of course, and it's a relatively new title. Because it's from a relatively new company, AEW. How can Are you, you serious? How, I got how, it here, too. How, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. <laughs> it is. See, there's a couple reasons why I don't, I, that I like AEW not only as a company, but also um, the way they treat their titles. Uh, and it goes back to, you know, winning and losing and the transference of the champion to one champion to another. And I think that they treat it so respectfully. I mean, let's think about it. The company's been out what two years at this point, and the title's only changed hands twice. Right? Only been three champions, and I think, and all of their reigns were over 180 days, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, I think that shows a level of understanding how important this. You want everyone else to see this belt, and you have to do certain things with it in order for people to look at it that way. And I feel like for a new company, they're treating their title very well, especially considering the people that have held it. Chris Jericho, first champion, followed by John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, followed by current champion Kenny Omega. Yeah. Three of probably the top wrestlers uh, in the last 20 years. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with prestigious champions like that. And just the way the belt looks almost like the IWGP, how they mix the gold and the silver together in a balanced way. It's just solid simple yeah.
0: from the looks that's exactly i mean that's mostly the reason why i picked why i picked it because of the design but but you are right the 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 lengthy title range there's no hot potatoing uh of the titles which is you know uh, it, it really degrades i think it degrades the title the the definition True. of being a champion and you know this aew it just as a company like that is your heavyweight champion that is who's representing your company mm-hmm. uh it, it represents i guess hope again for pro wrestling you know, sure. and 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 you know, better work environment for the wrestlers, and better shows for the fans, and it just encapsulates so much. Like AEW gets it; they they understand what the fans want, yep. the the perspective, is- and, and, and that belt represents that. You know, like man, like just a couple of weeks ago, the CM Punk return, right? Everybody, yep, they knew. They knew to wait, and they let CM Punk do his thing. He, the fans finally got ice cream bars, and it was because AEW let him be. And mm-hmm. you know, just so many others before that. It, it's uh, it's really cool. I'm, I think AEW is around to stay. I know Impact has been, you know, uh, Impact has been around for a long time, technically speaking, but hey, they're surging
1: now too. They are they certainly are they're working. Yeah. I mean, they're they're, attached with the AW title is is something that I don't think people realize is uh, Tony Khan himself, one of the, the principal owners of AW he said he wanted to create a wrestling multiverse. That's why he allows his champions to transfer back and forth to other shows. As you've seen Kenny Omega perform on impact, just as, you know, Christian has done the same. And he also is the triple a champion. He also has wrestled in Japan, so, like, they allow their their champions and their superstars to wrestle in other facilities. So, I, I, I'm digging what he's doing with this wrestling multiverse that he's trying to create. So, it's like, he's really making it known that, like, hey, if you wrestle for us, don't feel like if you have some other opportunities out there, don't cast them to the side. Because right, if they're yeah. lucrative for us as a company as well, do it.
0: Yeah, it, that, that's how it should be. You can't, like... You know, it was easy for WWE to close itself off when you're like at top, right? It should have never done that, though, right? They should have acknowledged WCW back in the day. They should have acknowledged, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just and do that. You guys don't have to show up on those shows, but you can't close yourself off to the world because now, I mean, they just it it, it looks very dinosaur-like, right? right. Uh, you know, I, I guess there was an issue years ago after Rick Flair retired. I I just heard about this on Jim Ross po- podcast, mm-hmm. but you know. Jim Ross, not a champion or any, or excuse me, Rick Flair, not a champion or anything. He had just retired and he wanted to go make appearances and go help, like build the brand. He was a brand ambassador yep. and he wanted to go visit the NWA, which he just got to do, uh, you know, this week. And
1: Is there are women's uh, event, Amazing.
0: It was, it was so cool. So cool. It just, it just felt right. But WWE didn't want him to do that. And I, it, it's like, it's so stubborn. Mm-hmm. Makes no, no sense. How, how great would it look for that Vince McMahon, Opens up and is like, hey, you all want to, you know, you want to make some indie appearances, make some extra money. We get a little bit of percentage, maybe. But whatever, you're, you're helping out our brand. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of bad press against WWE lately. And it's, you know, that, that uh, the closed offness doesn't really help their case much.
1: I agree. I thoroughly agree. So.
0: All right. So now that we uh, we joint share to number six, which is <laughs> awesome.
1: Uh, what is your number five? My number five is a very interesting title because uh, I don't want to say it has no prestige to it, but like there's no there's really no champions. It's OK. <laughs> All right. This title is purely based off of how it looks, because in my opinion, it's one of the coolest looking belts you'll ever see in your life. It's the million dollar belt. It's the <laughs> million dollar title that like. come on! <laughs> how can you not love this? Like look at it. Dollar bills lined up beside one another, linked together with gold. Who can go wrong with that? I think it's I think it's cool because of how it looks. And just the idea of a wrestler being so frustrated at the fact that they can't win the 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 company he works for title, he makes his own freaking title. like I just feel like that in itself is just like wrestling. like that's just wrestling right there. like. And that's what makes me love it so much. And also the fact that it helped introduce us to Steve Austin when he was the ringmaster. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone's been watching NXT lately, but they recently brought the million-dollar title back, and it's it's being held by Cameron Grimes currently. So uh, they brought Ted DiBiase back, and he reintroduced the million-dollar title as one of the lower-tier titles on NXT. So it's just it's just one of those things that I feel like, when I think of championships, that's one of the belts that comes to my mind. Like it's one of the first five belts that comes to my brain.
0: Yeah, you, you that. I mean, that's it's hard to forget that one, right? That that belt defined an era. Yeah, we. I mean, we all knew that DiBiase was never going to get a fast one on Hogan, right? For sure. Uh, <laughs> that's just the way wrestling was back in the day. But yeah, you don't see that too much. I think it's one I mean, there's been. Like the Zack Ryder's Internet Championship, like that was cool for a little while. That would have never happened if if Ted DiBiase didn't create his own million dollar one. So, man,
1: it's a a beautiful belt. If you look it up, it's so funny. Like if you look up the Wikipedia behind like the million dollar title, and it shows like the title reign, the longest reign, who's held it most, and like it's all fucking Ted DiBiase. It's so ridiculous. It's I got to hold a replica
0: one before, and I don't know if the weight's like exactly like it is on TV, but it's heavy. It was heavy. Yes, very, yeah. very heavy. Very, very heavy, but very well designed. Very oh, well designed. Love that belt. Love that belt to death. I'm glad you picked that one. That's a great one for number five.
1: Uh,
0: my number five, I'm going to go with the uh, the white-strapped
1: intercontinental title. Ooh, I'm letting you know right now. That's the second best belt in my opinion of all time.
0: Okay. I, I mean, how could you be? I always liked the Intercontinental title because you got to see some different people hold it, right? You know, it was the if you won the Intercontinental title, there was a chance that you were destined to be a champion or,
1: or that's it, or the heavyweight champion. That's or, it, or you know, there were, what it was for me. Yeah, it's like that was that was the intro. I call that belt the intro to world heavyweight. Like, if you were the Intercontinental Champion, you were definitely going to be the next guy up. And when I see that belt, I think Macho Man Randy Savage, like, all day. That's probably oh, for one, sure. Probably one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best wrestlers of all time, again, because I love small technical guys, like... Macho Man Randy Savage is it for me, especially on the mic and just the way he would hold that belt in such an awkward, ominous way, like with the taped fingers. Mm, and it's, yeah. like, ah. <laughs> it's, it's like everything about that it just seems so right. It, it it
0: certainly did, and I mean, no matter what intercontinental title design you you know you like. Well, I, I don't care for the new one. I'll, I'll be honest with you, but I don't. Uh, I, okay, I'm glad we're on the same page with that, but. You know, those vintage designs again. It just it just fits those respective eras, uh, you, you know. But the the white strap one was just so pretty. A, a, a white belt, just what? Like mm-hmm. what? You know, they've had red, they've had green, they've had you know, and black stripe. But white stripe was something very very unique. And I got really excited when Cody Rhodes brought it back, and I think twenty ten or twenty eleven, yep. once he started going off on his own, and and he brought douchebag
1: to it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, love, I love that, Cody.
0: There's <laughs> a good I loved his, his interesting, was awesome. But uh but but yeah he like brought prestige and there was actually a point in time where the the returned white strap IC title was probably more prestigious than the WWE title. There was a there's a there was a certain like there's like a one to two year period where they were there was Longer title range with the IC title than there was, you know, with with the
1: main heavyweight. So uh, I can certainly agree with that. Had to have that one up there. So that is my number five. All right. So my number four is, I think it's going to be a surprise one because we haven't mentioned any team belts. No, we have not. And to me, this is, this is the only tag team title to me. Like if you reference, if you say the WWE tag team championships, this is the belt that I think of. And it's uh, the one from like the eighties to the two thousands, where it has the wing at the top oh, yeah. the wing at the top with the world in red lettering in the middle over the globe and tag team wrestling champions right beneath, like the ones that, you know, freaking uh, edge and Christian held the ones that the Dudley boys held the ones that the Hardys held the ones that if I go back even further, the Legion Gen- of doom, Legion of doom, it, the heart foundation, all these guys held those tag titles. And it was like, that was the epitome of the belt, the tag team belts for me. And just look at how long they had it from the eighties, all the way up to about the year 2000 ish was when they retired it and they changed it to the respective ones that matched the shows when they had the raw tag titles and the SmackDown tag titles, So it's like that, that belt, was up there with the intercontinental and you know the Winged eagle for me when i when i think of that belt i think of, when i think of championships i think of like those three belts like super quick
0: yeah that's that's a really good one it was it was it was it, ju- it was just right there was nothing too yeah. hour overpowering like i see that and then i remember the spartan the spartan tag title <laughs> belts and I'm like, can we go backwards, please?
1: <laughs> Dude, those are the worst, especially, like, the copper ones. Yeah. Like, the first ones when they were black and copper, those oh. are, like, the ugliest belts ever. We got to come back and do a reverse version of this and, like, the 10 ugliest Ooh. belts of all time. I would happily do that. I would happily <laughs> do that. There's some ugly ones. There are some stinkers. <laughs> there, are, there are. But, but you,
0: you know, you made a great point about how long that belt design lasted. Mm-hmm none other no other belt lasted that long consistently nope. i want to say that that design was created in like 87 88 yeah. it, roughly around there it had
1: to be like around
0: there yeah and it was just like the, the fact that it, you know it, it 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 touched so many like just great some of the greatest teams of all time in pro wrestling not just WWE, mm-hmm. but pro wrestling all time just
1: wrestling period mm-hmm.
0: had those titles and, uh, and wore Warp proudly. And it was just, you know, it was, it was it was just that the plate was just as big. You know, yep. the, it, it was, uh, you were the tag team champion to the world. And, and tag team wrestling does not get a, a, enough love anymore like it used to.
1: Definitely Agreed. Tag team wrestling is like one of my most favorite elements of wrestling, just period. And it's like, just to see the way that it's treated now, it hurts me. I exactly. need to go back to that 2000, that post 2000, I mean, pre 2000 era where like tag team wrestling was still respected.
0: Yeah. I I I wholeheartedly agree. It's like, oh, this team's been around for a year. They're doing really good. Let's split up, let's split, split them up, up, and make them fight each other. Yeah.
1: yeah, or let's put them with someone else random. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never understood that. Never understood that. But yeah, but that's
1: that's the epitome of tag team championships for me, right there.
0: That's a great one. Love that you picked that one. My number four. All right, this is uh, this is definitely this is definitely another novelty one.
1: Uh, this is the U.S. Spinner Title. I knew you were gonna bring that up. I knew you were gonna bring that up. I know you love some John Cena. I do. <laughs> you know I love dressing up like some John Cena. I love.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I he's great, man. He I I do gotta say this separately. He is the most wonderful uh, person. I just seen you know some of these videos of him giving back to these kids. Oh, he's a cool uh, for sure. Uh, he's
1: he's it's it's amazing I'm all the best what he does. Asset in human being because I love I love seeing him in movies. He's great. He doesn't get enough credit. He's a great fucking actor. You see, uh, I, I'm sure you've seen Suicide Squad right now, right? He's so good in that movie. So good in that movie. One scene, of my favorite he, parts. The scene when he just walks by and the guy's laying on the table and he just axes him so casually. <laughs> That's like the funniest part of the whole movie. Like, I love that. <laughs> I love John Cena for that.
0: He's oh, he's terrific. And I'm I'm glad that like he's starting to really break, he's really starting to break out now. Yeah. But yeah, that US spinner title, that was nuts. I, I seen it uh yeah, I think it was the Road to WrestleMania. They they came to Buffalo, and I think I I'm pretty sure he had it then. He was chasing JBL at the time, mm-hmm. and I I think I you know he had it there. They were selling it, and I was like, Dad, can I have one? He's like, Nah, we're not having that. And I'm like, Damn! Now that I have my own, my own money, I would I'm definitely gonna seek it out at some point. But that was-, was way 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 cooler than I think the 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 WWE title spinner one.
1: I agree with you. I agree. It looked a lot more see the 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 WWE heavyweight title one looked a lot more like costume, like they were trying to target yeah, yeah. making merchandise from it. Whereas the United States one looked like a legitimate old school chunky title that just so happened to spin.
0: I still have the necklace somewhere. I I remember getting the I, I could've my dad would buy me the necklace, but not the belt, understandably so. But the spinner necklace, and I was like
1: man this is the life <laughs> this See, is the coolest thing dr Thugonomics john cena is the only john cena that exists for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I mean those those rat. and it was they were the greatest it was the
1: greatest he, he was such a good character at that time like he just did it so well it shouldn't have fucking worked but it worked flawlessly
0: and it was you it was unique at that time nobody had done anything like that at that point and now everybody's trying to there's a lot of music gimmicks that try to try to incorporate a lot of things that he did. So, yeah, it's uh, not even close. No, not even close. But, yeah, when he walked out with that thing on SmackDown, I think it was after he beat uh, – well, was it wasn't Carlito. Probably. Totally. I, it, it, Carlito was the champ, but he was injured. I think he had his, like uh, – I think it was Jesus or whatever. It was, like, bodyguard. He be, beat him for it at Armageddon in 2004 and uh, came back with a spinner belt. And I was like, oh, this is – this is the life. This is the, this, this is that belt. And I have loved it ever since loved it ever since. So that's, that's my number four.
1: Oh man. Gotta love John Cena, man. <laughs> All right. My number, wait, this is my number four still, right? No, this is my number three. three. Number three. Yep. Three. Okay. My number three is les smoking skull belt, stone cold, Steve Austin. Now I have a very specific memory of this belt. And it's because my brother was like the biggest Stone Cold Steve Austin mark there was. Like the house was very specifically divided. I was a huge rock fan, obviously, and he was a huge Stone Cold Steve Austin fan to the point that like we dressed as said characters. So I'll never forget when he got the Smoke and Skull replica belt, like like the foam back one, like for Christmas the one year. And I was so sick. Like, I was sick to my stomach that he got it and I didn't. And, like, <laughs> it's, like, one of those moments where you want to be happy for your, for your homie, but, like, you're salty a little bit on the inside. And I was just like, oh, that's so cool, big bro. Man, you got tie it on. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that belt, man, that, that epitomized Stone Coat as a character for me because I feel like only the most unique characters are allowed to get customized belts. Right. And if you just look at just like the list of people that the short list of people that have customized titles, like he he stands probably at the top of the most unique characters and the most polarizing characters when it comes to wrestling. And that was during a time where like, like we mentioned earlier, the skits, like I felt like the skits were so relevant and important in wrestling culture then and that was when he was carrying that title the most. So I just really loved that time frame of Stone Cold specifically when he was holding the smoke and Skull Belt, especially because he had that snakeskin lining on the inside, and that yeah. just looked just sweet. Chef's kiss, chef's kiss.
0: <laughs> yeah, pe- people just uh, yeah they adore that one. That's a that's one of the most fondly remembered, a lot of people's favorite alternative heavyweight title design. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, I mean that was prime that was prime Stone Cold. You know, just. Uh, the skits were the best when, uh, when, when, when Austin was, uh when Austin was champion, holding that thing, he could, the, the, the electricity to him, just his, the glass just shattering. He hadn't even walked out yet, yep. but the, the stadium, these, the arenas, up. these arenas just, just so loud. So, so loud. It was, it's, it's, it's amazing. And that's a fantastic belt. Very deservedly of uh of a, of a top 10 list, let alone a top five spot. So very good. My no, next one, my number three, this is where I have the undisputed title. This is where I have it. Uh, actually, this is the only one I've ever had a rep, a full replica, of, like a, like a deluxe replica. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I, I ever walking around in school with it, like a big dweeb, but I didn't care because I was like, man, this is, uh, this is, this is legit. This is legit. Like all the names we said, right. Uh, right. you know, Brock Lester and Kurt Angle held this title, JBL with the, the longest reign in a very long time holding that belt. Uh Taker, Rock, yes. and 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 I think the triple Yeah, Triple H Hogan. I mean, Hogan, this is Hogan's t- comeback title. Uh you know, having this belt and uh it was it was premier. It was the WWE Championship. It wasn't, you know, it it, it but it, it was the blue brand's title, but yeah. uh but yeah, I, I again, I referred to the design earlier about how I just like the the amount of gold on it. And I just actually took a little bit deeper of a look at it. It's it's supposed to be um a common it's legit supposed to be a combination of the old the uh, the old wcw big gold and the 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 attitude era you know that late 90s early 2000s wf championship it's it, it's legit like the design's like a, a a perfect combination of it and i didn't i didn't really realize that before they use a lot of aspects of of each belt into it and uh yeah it, it's 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 part it, it was probably the the it was the, one of the most perfect championships that WWE has ever created. So, undisputed title, my number three.
1: I agree with you there. Well, number two for me, that's where I had uh, the white intercontinental title. Okay. Of course. And, um, like I said, Shawn Michaels being attached to that belt, I feel like that was one of the greatest runs. And not just the white one, but that intercontinental title in general because Agreed. Another, another person that I feel like doesn't get enough credit for – holding that belt um with pride and it's the only, this is like the highest level of champion he ever was I believe in the company because I don't think he ever was heavyweight but Razor Ramon Razor Ramon was one of the best intercontinental champions ever to me and his feud between him and Shawn especially when they were having the ladder matches oh yeah were some of the best wrestling just from a from a showman standpoint you could ever watch and just just feuds like that make me reminisce about that just the shape of that intercontinental title it doesn't specifically have to be the white one because the white one is the one that i like personally the best but the shape of that belt in general is that's that's the best shaped intercontinental title for me i didn't i'm not fond of the round one i love the, the more square one
0: yeah i i know exactly what you're saying the square one yeah I mean, that was the one. That was the one that Steamboat and Savage were fighting for. They yep. put a couple different color straps on that, I think. They had a
1: bunch. I think they had a pink and a blue a, one, they too. They had a blue one. They had a yellow strap. They had a bunch of different straps they for that They have one. a yellow strap. Yeah. And that Intercontinental title was, is the most iconic Intercontinental title for me. I have it hanging on my wall. That's, yeah. It's, it's,
0: it's one of the best ones of all time. Yeah. Again, I just have to reiterate, we are not fans of the new one.
1: We are no, not fans. Hate it.
0: All right, my number 2, I'm going to go with uh one of the longest belts that has never changed its design and I'm talking about the NWA heavyweight championship, the 10 pounds of gold. Mm. Uh classic and they, they they've well NWA's power and influence it's getting better. It's getting better. Do I, I don't
1: What's it? How do you feel about Nick Aldis?
0: I think he's great. I think he's a really fantastic champion and I, I'm glad to see him get a little bit of uh you know, just a little bit of resurgence in wrestling. You know, it's, I think, I think he's a perfect champion for what I, NWA is going for. I agree. And you know, it, it's, it's just, it's just so cool to see that belt, you know, just never change. I I've gotten to see it. Uh, I think I might've seen it once in person, once in person, but it, it's like, and it, it's so cool because I mean the the process of getting nominated to be the NWA champion is still mm-hmm. like as rigorous. I mean, there's not as many you know as many big time stars. It's not like back in the day where it was Flair, Steve, vote, right. Race, uh, Dusty Rhodes, no. and and, <laughs> and Terry, Fun- you know, Funks and and it, it, it's not like that. But it, it's still like an honor. Like hey, you know, we're still the NWA. And we're, we we think you can make our company the best because, you know, it, it, you can travel all these dates, make all these shows. And you're going to draw us the most money. And right. it's just, you know, I, I like tradition and NWA's title, heavyweight title has upheld the, that tra- uh, tradition. It's probably been, what, 50? That that belt design probably been around since the th- 60s, 70s. Maybe yeah. even before so, that. And no. it's, it's it might have
1: been a little it, bit before that. Honestly,
0: it might've been, it might've made it to the forties. I don't know, but it, 48, it's, 1948,
1: 48 that was designed.
0: That's a long time. Eight. It's yeah. That's a, 80 years, almost 80 years. And uh, yeah, you can't be, it can't be traditional, Especially in, in, in wrestling where everything's, you know, gotta be so new. Everything's yeah. gotta be fresh. The, that's the psychology of the fans and, and business mindset it tradition a little bit of tradition is really nice so n w a title number two
1: I love it well, before we do our number one, should we get some honorable mentions out there absolutely all right, I got a couple of honorable mentions. I like the n x t north american title yep, I love how kind of like what you were saying with um the n w a it reminds me of the ten pounds of gold like I think triple H is one of those old souls when it comes to that wrestling world. Like you can tell that he's heavily influenced by like the dusty roads, the Harley races of the world. And I think the designs of a lot of the titles have to do with that. And that's why the North American title looks the way it does. I just love how massive the strap is and how small the side plates are. I think it's a nice intriguing balance of a belt. Right. And, And, also, both of the NXT UK belts are freaking incredible looking like the in, the level of engraving that they have in the designs are just I don't know. Like, I think those <laughs> those belts need a little bit more rep because they're nice. They're super effing nice. So oh,
0: I, I, I certainly agree. There is one that almost cracked my list. Uh, and those are some great honorable mentions. It's so tough because there are so many belt designs. Tons. All right, this one is the AWA Southern Heavyweight Championship. It looks like a boxing belt in a way. are you talking about? Uh, I was looking it up, and it's disgusting because like Jerry Lawler won it like 58 times.
1: Oh <laughs> smokes! You know,
0: <laughs> I, I wonder if he had a hand in 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 booking and stuff. But <laughs> uh, you know that that's definitely one. You know, it's some great ones. The 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 basic WWE United States Championship is always cool. I didn't yeah. hate the WCW iteration of it either. That one was nice as well. No, it it, it, it certainly was. Uh, very uh, very often, a lot of the people like to buy replicas of it and title for
1: titles. The WCW Cruiserweight title was also very nice.
0: Yes, it was. Cruiserweight title, you couldn't go wrong with that. Uh, some of the old, I think it was the old WCW TV title. That mm. was like a that was like a their mid card belt. Yeah. The
1: one that uh, Booger T held all the time.
0: Booker T, Rick Martel, uh, you know, a couple other people. I was like, this is a, that was like their version of a make card title.
1: Yeah. Uh, It had a a nice, it had a nice shape to it. It did. like almost like a, like a tiara. Yes.
0: Yes. I think Scott Hall might've been a TV champion. They, I don't know why they never put the strap, the big one on him, but uh, we'll never know. We'll never know. But yeah, there was some honorable mentions that I wanted to, uh, to, to throw
1: into this. So. Do we get, a, we get a drum the, number roll? Belt, the number one belt? <laughs> yeah, the number one belt for me all time in the history of belts, the best looking belt that ever was placed on a waist is big gold. Yep. Same here. Point blank, period. When I think of heavyweight champion, that's the very first thing that comes to my brain. And it's because of one man specifically that nature boy, Ric Flair. He's the reason why I'm a black dude with blonde hair because (laughs) Ric Flair is incredible. Like what he embodies and what he personifies as a person and as a champion is what everyone who inspires to be a champion should replicate. Like just not the way he did it, but how he treated it so prestigiously. Like it was the most important thing. And when when I see that and when I think of a champion and when I think of a title, that's the first belt that comes to my brain, no question. And I was so happy when they brought it back to WWE, even though they kind of mismanaged it a little bit and treated it like the lower tier of the two heavyweight belts. But I didn't care because it was back and they put nice little red rubies in it. So that made it look even cooler.
0: <laughs> it, uh, it, it's, it looked good on everybody. I think that's yeah. the best way to say it. it, it looked true good on everybody, whether it was Goldberg, whether it was Triple H, Ric Flair, HBK on it with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, (laughs) it it looked good on everybody. And, you know, that was one of the, you know, Booker T and and it's just like DDP, DDP, another perfect example. It just it looked good on everybody. I know I mentioned the NWA title is this, you know, this trend tradition. Yeah. type belt but big gold that's like that, that's the epitome yeah. of it if i was to walk around like if i if if i had to like pick one belt to walk around with for the rest of my life it would be big gold easily around my waist representing and it, it's, it's it's beautiful it, it's if god, so beautiful. if god was the world heavyweight champion that would be around his waist <laughs> <laughs> it, it absolutely would be you know, it's you brought you brought up a great point about you know the way Ric Flair was the champion, right? What it what that embodied. It wasn't it wasn't just the way he wrestled, like it was the way he dressed, it was the way he yep. carried himself out in the bars and out in public. He he treated it like it was a big deal, not trash, and mm-hmm. you know that that's why that
1: belt worked so well. That's true. why that belt worked so well. So hundred percent true. Love that belt, and I loved it when they used it as the undisputed, and you had both of them when Chris Jericho was the champion. You know, and he held both of those for that time period. I thought that was pretty sweet. And that was when it had a maroon strap on the back, too. So it looked a little bit cooler. Yes. I love that belt, man. Yes, that belt, it did. That's the one.
0: I I like looking back from the old, like, when Ric Flair first jumped to WWE. Yeah. How everybody's heads explode when he brought that belt over. Like, that was a big deal that he brought. That that, he called himself the real
1: world's champion with that thing. So. Dude. I made it work without that. That would that gimmick wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. Correct. And everybody. Everybody respected it as they should have. Like that belt's the one. That's yeah. the one.
0: It for sure was. Well, Christian, thank you so much for jumping on today. it Hell was, yeah. Uh, wonderful I'm, to talk with you again, my man.
1: Agreed. Same here. Well, why don't you give them? Uh, let's do one last plug for all your stuff. Sweet. Uh, if you want to find us podcasting wise or um, content creation wise, pushstartmedianetwork.com or twitch.tv slash pushstartmedianetwork because that's our new adventure that we're going on. I've been streaming some games, especially if you love wrestling ones. Come check it out. And if you want to buy some cool merch, champions must die. Not die like death, but die like tie-dye, <laughs> dye.com. com. <laughs> Excellent. Go
0: support Local. Go buy a T-shirt. Go uh, watch his Twitch stream. Go listen to his podcast christian this has been wonderful my friend uh to our listeners we appreciate you always i gotta count and see how many episodes we got left for this season but uh i'm sure we got some good ones uh just ahead of us so uh, in closing as always do you even pissed? you see it.